Yep. And that wasn't one field. This was across the board. And it, it, there's no doubt it's from, like I said, these product stress. I would recommend if you're worried about a drought or want to protect your crop, Amplify D, putting everything, putting this stuff in the furrow, it's getting it to the crop. So the crop, just because it's in the soil, doesn't mean the crop's going to get it. Get it to yep. the crop so you can get a healthy plant to drive root. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. We want to say a special thanks to each of you who have taken the time to review the podcast. And moving forward, we're going to be featuring a review each week. Today's review comes from DIS46573, and they say, Great. Awesome folks with an awesome vision and an awesome message. Great job. Thanks, DIS45673. We really appreciate it. Hey everyone, Tyler here, field agronomist with A Better Way to Farm, where we spend each and every day providing solutions to farmers to grow better crops and to make more money. I hope that you're having a great day and I thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We really appreciate the time you give us not only here on this platform, but also on our Facebook page. You know, one issue that some of our growers face almost every year is an obstacle that actually can be managed around to a point, but drought. Drought can affect different areas of the U.S., but with proper nutrition can be managed through to hopefully catch that moisture when it finally does rain. In the coming episodes, we sit down with a few of our growers that we work with that have successfully managed through a drought, and we really hope that you enjoy their stories. Now, welcome again to the show, Mike. I'm glad to have you back on. How have you been? Pretty good. Uh, Glad to be here. Things are going pretty good, so... Yeah, we're finally getting to that point where, gosh, these nice days, we kind of wonder if we should be out in the field, right? We're about a month and a half from dropping some planters in the ground, but I know that everybody's getting the itch. Yeah, it feels like it's closer than it is with these warm temperatures. It feels like you could go sooner than you would. You just got to kind of remember where the calendar's at, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's what we finished up our pro-ag programs in Omaha, Nebraska, and the Tuesday temp was like 72, and Wednesday it was like 75. And that's what we looked around Tuesday. It's like, you know, I had to thank everybody for being there because I figured it would just be an empty house with everybody wanting to go do some field work and stuff. So we are definitely getting to that point. But why don't you go ahead and just kind of tell the listeners that are new to this kind of who you are and where you're from and what you farm. Yeah, my name is Mike. I'm from, uh, we're in the Minnesota farm in southeastern Minnesota, pretty much right in the middle of the Twin Cities in Rochester. So it'd be just north of Rochester. We farm mostly corn and soybeans, some hay ground, but mostly corn and soybeans. So this will be upcoming our second year now going uh, using the Conklin program. Yeah, and that's another reason why I thought this episode would be pretty cool and really kind of critical when growers listen to this kind of across the United States. So I kind of wanted to dive straight into that, the drought conditions that you experienced this year. Can you kind of give us some insight on some of the moisture you had at planting and then you know, kind of what happened as far as moisture goes across the growing season? I would say decent moisture coming into planting. We had a dry spring, which was good for us. I mean, we were able to get the crop in the ground, good seed to soil and everything to plant. And then the dry spring led into a dry summer, which led into a dry fall. And actually, we haven't even got that much snow here this winter. It was as long as I've been farming the driest year that we've ever had. 
we had less than five inches of rain on over a two month span. So I mean, it was, uh, it was pretty wicked. That's rough. I know that, you know, you mentioned even having some snow this year. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I've got to do some soil sampling up kind of your neck of the woods, kind of east of you yet this spring. So hopefully I'll be up there next week. It's a good thing for so- for us that are doing some soil sampling, but man, I think it's going to be another, uh, it's going to be another interesting spring. We should be able to get everything in, in time. So when you mentioned this year, only having that kind of that five inches of precipitation throughout the growing season, have you even ever been close to managing anything like this before as far as these conditions go? I mean, we've had droughts, but nothing this severe. I mean, we've had, uh, you know, a three-week stretch where you don't get any rain, but usually that's accompanied by uh, above average amount of rain the next month. I mean, the crop yeah. will get hurt a little bit, but usually it can somewhat recover because you'll get late season rain or you get, we've had a lot of like June is really wet and then we get a dry July. Well, it was wet enough in June where it kind of carries the crop through it. This one, yep. it stopped raining in April and it, we never <laughs> really got that much rain through fall. I would say the most rain we got was in September when the crop was pretty already made. So was, I mean, yep. it was, uh, we really, no one really knew what we were going to get when we went out to the field to harvest. It was kind of a big mystery to everyone. Uh, what was really going to be out there. I kind of want to hit on, and we don't have to take a deep dive into what your fertility program looked like before, but you said you mentioned that you had kind of seen conditions like this, but nothing this severe. How are the results, kind of how are your things in the past when you would go through some of this stuff? I mean, were your results, were they mediocre or were they decent or were you excited about them or kind of hit on that a little bit? Yeah, you definitely weren't excited about them. I would say they were... Uh, mediocre they weren't the worst but they definitely weren't above board i mean the crop just wasn't able to hold usually long enough i mean our fertility we don't have to deep dive into it but like our fertility before the content i mean we were doing our np and k we were dry bulk spreading some boron which uh, i really would not recommend doing um (laughs) for many reasons um i mean we were doing sulfur we were doing some things and i mean we were doing uh, we were on a build program with the NP. <laughs> yeah. Once again, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, but we I, we definitely weren't short on it. I'll say that our soils were not in bad; like they weren't like completely mined or anything. But uh, yeah. they weren't uh, on the track that they are now. That's for sure. So I would say you know it was mediocre, not the worst, but definitely not above average or as good as we would have liked in the past. If you yeah. got a drop. Yeah, it was nothing that you sat there and was like, holy smokes, I can't believe with as dry as it was that we were able to actually achieve those those kind of numbers. So what specifically then did change? I know you mentioned that you've been uh, working with us for a few years now um, using some products from the Conklin company. So going from kind of that dry broadcast program to now, what are some of the things that you're doing different? Um, well, we pretty much the dry broadcast is almost non-existent. I mean, we just do a little bit for touch up and various little things, but we've pretty much gone to all in the furrow and then fuller feeding program. Yep. Last year was a full year doing the program start to finish. We had you come out there and soil sample in the fall, which is a must if you're going to do this because you got to know what you're working with. It can vary from farm to farm. It can vary from field to field. Yep. Uh, I, you can see variations within a field. I mean, if you've got a 160-acre field, you can have an 80 that's uh, quite a bit different than the other 80. You really don't know until you get in there. 
Um, <laughs> our MP and K was pretty well the same because of how much we had put on. But I mean, you can have one part that's short on a micro here or there. So, I mean, it started with the soil sampling and then we got a plan together. Yep. And then uh, we went uh, in the furrow with fertilizer, uh, more fertilizer in the furrow than we used in the past because we didn't do as much dry. And then we went with micros in the furrow as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then foliar feeding once the crop is out of the ground, of course. But uh, And then also on the corn, which I'll just, I know we'll probably talk about it, but I'll say it yep. now too, we, which I would highly recommend. We used Amplify D yep. with the corn when we planted it. So Yeah, I absolutely love, you know, we, the Kip Colors would even call that the Smurf dust, right? Because, you know, it's blue in color and that stuff will stick to everything. But you know, that's one of the things I, I tell the story all the time, but that's how I got introduced to the Conklin company. It was something that, you know, it's like, ah, no, I'm a, I was working for a seed company and, you know, not interested, not interested. And then, you know, when I started seeing the results just from that product alone, uh, it was absolutely huge. You know, Bex came out a few years back now and did their PFR proven stamp on it. And uh, I'm going to throw a shameless plug in. There's now six products that the Conklin company has that are PFR proven, which I'm extremely excited about and proud about it. I would assume I need to do my research now that ProAg's done. I, I wanted to look it up, but I'm almost positive that it is the highest or one of the highest companies that have the most products PFR proven. I don't know if anybody, especially a fertilizer company, has more products that are PFR proven than that. So little side note, but as you kind of changed up your program, went more liquid program, you mentioned that you spread a little bit of dry out there, but most everything was done through a liquid system. But were you able to see some things that were kind of carrying on that, that you were able to kind of hold on a little bit better? Some guys started to roll up where you were, you know, your leaves were still kind of open and flat. Or did you did you notice anything like that? Or was it when harvest rolled around when you noticed the big difference? I mean, you could see it early on because we did have some moisture in the spring, little bits, you know, in April and May. So like when, when our soybeans came out of the ground, I mean... Even when they were set in pods, they were hanging in there longer than anyone else's were. And I mean, we had a very good soybean yield, but if we wouldn't have had a drought, it'd have been better. I mean, there was an amazing (laughs) amount of pods on those soybeans. I even had a guy from our local co-op come out and looked at it and could not believe all the pods that were on them. And it it hung in there a long time. Um, They did get hurt by it, which there's really nothing you can do when you get that little of rain. I mean, you're going to have some sort of a yield reduction, but Mm -hmm. you can definitely see the potential on the corn and the beans before the drought hit. And then, of course, when harvest came, it was a big surprise to us what was there. Like I said, we didn't know what was there. We were expecting could get half a crop, could get a third of a crop. You know, we were talking you might get 100 bushel corn. You know, you didn't know. And it was quite a bit better than we were expecting. So <laughs> that's one of the things I'll let you kind of kind of keep talking about that. But my my question that I wrote down was, so you could say you were pleased with harvest, right? <laughs> yes, definitely pleased. Um, like I said, didn't know what we were coming into. Started with the beans. Um, first field we started in, called Rod and sent him a video of the yield monitor on the combine going across the field. Now, this wasn't the average of the whole field, but we had many spots where it was going over 100 bushel to the acre. <laughs> on, uh, on now, we're talking one of the worst. And then the farm we did it on, 
we had had a lot of trouble, which is one of the reasons I came to the Conklin is yep. we were getting 45 to 50 bushel beans. And we have <laughs> had it. You can't, you can't survive on 45 to 50 bushel beans. We went to our co-op. They gave us, well, it's pretty much just a rotational crop. That's all you can do. Yep. Uh, this year, the worst drought we've ever had, we pulled between 75 and 80 bushel beans off this farm. That's never, I think the highest I've ever seen was 55. Wow. One year between 55 and 60. And so you're talking over a 20% gain on the worst drought we'd ever had. We will be in New Orleans at the Commodity Classic, March 10th, 11th, and 12th. Stop by booth 1714 and see the crew from A Better Way to Farm. We would love to meet you there. Hey, mention that you heard it here and you'll get a free gift. See you at booth 1714. Those 75 to 80 bushel plus, that's not blips on the yield monitor. I mean, that's field averages total. No, yeah, blips on the yield monitor were 100 to 110 in spots. You know? <laughs> yeah. And we had, you know, you had little spots in the field that got hurt by the drought that were down. Now I say bad. We're in the 40s. Now, the 40s are what we used to get on this field. I mean, we had your 45 to 50 was really the average that this farm was pulling. And then yeah. we thought, well, maybe that's just one farm. You know, maybe when it was planted, uh, no, we went to another one and it was a little, it wasn't quite as, I can say not quite as good. It was between 70 and 75. <laughs> And then we went to, uh, they were all, the poorest was in uh, probably uh, 65 to 70. And then the highest one was 75 to 80. So, wow. uh, and the best we'd ever done in the path is maybe averaged about 60, you know, on our good ground. So across the board. So we probably are looking at about a 20% increase in our average across all our fields. Jeez, which is absolutely fantastic. But, you know, part of that is, and you know this as well, you know, once you come to ProAg and you understand why we do things, again, it's not like fancy magical juice that comes in a jug. I mean, it's all about science. And if we can build a healthier plant with the nutrition that it needs, especially early on, that it can push through some of those drought conditions, you know, and potassium is huge. I know that we, we've, Rod's done tons of podcasts. We're going to do some more this year about how important potassium is in plants, whether it's a corn plant or a soybean plant or whatever but how that potassium in the plant actually will help push through those drought conditions as well. And I, and I truly believe that what you're seeing is the result of using a fertilizer program that is designed specifically for your operation and you're addressing all your limiting nutrients. And when you can address all your limiting nutrients, when you have conditions like drought or some other adverse conditions, you can still manage through that. And I know that we've talked about this before and you don't have to, get too heated or or mention anybody's name or anything like that. But I know that there were some people out there, some naysayers out there. So what was everyone else kind of on the block saying about your change in fertility and some of the things that you were doing, especially when you guys were experiencing one of the worst droughts you've seen in 30 plus years? Um, Well, I got, I had a lot of talks with you and Rod at the beginning. Um, I got a lot of pushback on the starter with the beans. I got a lot of, you don't want to do that. I got a lot of the beans aren't going to germinate. You're making a huge mistake. It doesn't pay. You're going to throw a bunch of money out there and nothing's, you know, going to change. Beans are a rotational crop. You know, the micros, I got a, you know, more kind of pushed a little bit of pushback on that as well. Mixing them in with the chemical. The starter on the beans was probably one of the big ones. The Amplify D. 
well, I got to put the, well, that's, you know, that just sprinkling a little powder on isn't really going to, I mean, there are the, the corn's already treated. It's not going to do much. When everything was planted, I mean, we still got some pushback, but when everything was planted and the beans were coming out potting so well and everything looked so well, then I got a lot less pushback. Then it switched <laughs> to, by the end of the year, we took off the harvest. It switched to the co-op telling us, well, we can try and do so like a program that with you ourselves. And they can't because nobody does a program like this. So yes. <laughs> they can try and give you a one size fits all. And that's yep. not going to work. Like when I first talked with you and Rod, like Rod would tell me, I'd say, well, what should I put on? And he kept saying, well, I can't tell you that yet. I kind of didn't yep. understand why. Well, now I understand why. You can't just say, put on this many gallons of fertilizer in these micros. It's got to go through the steps. You got a soil sample. You got to figure out what you need. Look at your chemical program, how you're going to apply it. There's a, a formula to this. It's not like just put six gallons of this fertilizer on, you're going to get 300 bushel corn. No, yep. it's uh, do the, take the time, do the steps, start with the soil sample, and and then go through the process and figure out how you're going to get it done. And every every field is different. Every farm is different. Every crops are different, you know. So if you're going to do this, it definitely pays. But you can't just, if you think you're just going to throw a gallon of this out there and it's just going to do it, it don't work like that. So Right. And that's the biggest thing about what we do. Again, it's not magic. It's all based off of science. And that, you know, we feel that question all the time, especially now when, when fertilizer prices are so high and, and with everything that's going on in the world, it kind of sounds like things, unfortunately, are going to get a little bit higher, you know, for the near future. Hopefully things kind of correct themselves and, and they can start going down. But that's the biggest thing that we get all the time is I'll just, you know, just give me a, a generic program. You know, what, what would it take to do this or that? And it's not, you can't compare apples to apples and you can't sit there and say, Oh, I just need six gallons of fertilizer, like you were mentioning. So I've got to ask then, I, I think I can hear it in your voice, but I've got to ask, how excited are you moving forward, knowing that you're doing things that develop healthier plants, healthier soils, and handle diversity like drought and other adverse conditions better? I mean, look, definitely looking forward to this growing season. I mean, I'm hoping, expecting we're not going to have a drought similar to last year. So I'm excited to see. And of course, every year you're building your micros. So it's going to be better than the year before you hope. And then I'm excited to see in a year where we don't have a drought, what we can accomplish. Because our beans were on trajectory for 80 to 90 bushels in in our good fields. I know they were. I mean, we were doing pod counts, providing some catastrophe weather or something. They were looking quite, quite good. So you could see it in the real heaviest parts of our field that held the longest. You know, you could see it when we had readings of 90 to 100 on the over 100 (laughs) on the yield monitor. So definitely excited even gonna take more steps and try and we're trying to implement more things on uh you know every year you try and improve do more things and this year we're going to do it we're doing in the furrow we're going to do the micros we're going to try and do some compass so not as much as some of the things uh with these shortages are going to be not with conklin but with like our fungicide and stuff you kind of have to figure out a program that's going to work and with the shortages out there, it's hard to be perfectly get everything the way we like it. But yep. we're definitely going into more foliar feeding because uh, it, uh, like I said, the first year we did it, but we probably weren't every single thing because you want to see how it's going to work. Well, <laughs> yeah. this year we're definitely going to be doing even more. So because you can you can see the risk. And we did. And the other thing is, every year you learn. Like we went yep. to the soil samples and we did some foliar feeding, and we thought we knew it. Well, I tissue sampled and. Actually, we were a little long on one thing and a little short on something else. So then this year, we're going to tissue sample again. And then uh, 
I know like guys will think that it's a little bit of a pain for them, but I'm telling you, it's worth it to tissue sample because you just, you can think you got a tailor fit with the soil samples and, and in the furrow, but you really don't know what the plant's deficient on until it comes out of the ground until you start pulling some samples. Uh, Yep. You can, and then you really can tailor fit it with the foliar feeding. And that's where the top end of the, I mean, where you wonder why the one guy gets five to 10 bushel more on his beans or 20 bushel more on his corn. That's where it's coming from, you know, really tailor fit it to get the top end out of the crop. Yep. I agree with that 100%. You know, adding that tissue testing is another tool in the toolbox, but understanding what the results are when you get them back and then how to fine tune your program to get that maximum benefit out of there, you know, 10% is 10%, whether it's a hundred bushel corn or 400 bushel corn, you can still get that extra 10% out there. And to me, doing it the right way, using the Conklin products, using, you know, the, all of us at a better way to farm, like you mentioned, I mean, you, you work directly with Rod, but you don't have a problem, you know, picking up the phone and calling me if you need to. I mean, there's Preston, there's Chris, there's a ton of us that, uh, you know, have been doing this and, and can help everybody out because we understand the system. And we understand the benefits that it that it has out there. So, Mike, I would ask, I know that you gave some great thoughts to the people that are listening to this podcast. What kind of advice would you give to those growers if they ask you about kind of managing through some of those? If, if they kind of are feeling like they're going to have a drought, what are some of the things they could do in, in your eyes to manage through that? The best thing I can tell them to do is like the Amplify D. The big thing Amplify D does is it drives roots. All this stuff you're doing is driving roots. If you yep. want your crop to survive a drought, you want a good root structure to drive roots to hold. And that's like the Amplify D, like I said, we wondered about it. You like put a little powder on. I mean, we had one of the worst droughts we had, and we had a field that averaged. Right where we're at, usually we were about oh, 230 to 250 was, you know, that's typical for us. Yep. We had a field that averaged over 250 in the worst drought we had. <laughs> so we met our high yield in the worst drought we'd ever had. So, yep. and, and that wasn't one field. This was across the board. And it, it, there's no doubt it's from, like I said, these product stress. I would recommend if you're worried about a drought or want to protect your crop, Amplify D, putting everything, putting this stuff in the furrow, it's getting it to the crop. So the crop, just because it's in the soil, doesn't mean the crop's going to get it. Get it yep. to the crop. So you can get a healthy plant to drive roots. That's just the best way to conquer a drought, to have a healthy plant with a good root structure. And then this fall, we worried about, you know, you have a drought. Is the corn going to, are the plants going to stand? Are they going to go down if you get a wind? We didn't have one issue with the stand. Once again, if you have a healthy root structure, yep. that takes you all the way through the crop year. It's probably, I could, in a drought year, well, the most important thing you can do. So... If someone was asking me, that's what I would recommend. I would definitely tell them, you know, do the soil sampling, go through the steps. I just know you'll be pleased with the results that you get. If you put in the work, the results are there. And it's not, yep. uh, when we first did it, to me, it seemed like, oh my gosh, it's so, oh my God, it seems like a lot. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. really not. Once you, once you drill down to it, it's just a process. And then every year you're just fine tuning the process. Yep. I mean, and, and it's really like, and it's, as far as us goes, we figured the cost is not like when I say, oh, use this product and this product, you think, oh, all this money. Yeah, remember when, when you cut, start the dry broadcast is not free. When we, when we right. drill down all this, we are the same, if not maybe a little less in, in spots do, doing this pro. It's just a different, more effective way of spending your dollar where you can get better results out of it. Anyone who knows, especially right now, that's buying dry, dry is not free. 
And yep. when the co-op comes out and spreads the dry when there's 25 mile an hour winds, <laughs> that's not exactly the greatest deal either. So. Right. Yeah, those are all fantastic points. There's so much more that we could talk about. I really do appreciate your time on this subject, especially as it relates to drought. I feel like we could talk for another hour and a half about how to fine tune this stuff, but that's really the biggest thing. Uh, like you mentioned is just going out there, trust in the process, get the soil testing done and kind of go from there. So Mike, thank you so much for the time. It was great catching up again. I wish you the best planting. I know I'll be seeing you soon, but you take care of yourself and we'll talk later. Yeah. Thanks. It'll be good. Good to see you this year. Yeah. Thanks Mike. Now, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully, it wasn't too dry. Sorry for the bad dad joke. And we ask that you please rate us with five stars. It would be fantastic. If you want to review our content, maybe even drop a comment on some future episodes that we could possibly do. We also ask that you follow A Better Way to Farm on Facebook and like and share that page with your family, friends, or anyone that you may know that would find value in what we do. And as always, we hope that you have a better day. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com. <laughs>